My name is Amy Okeson, and I'm the director of serving ministry here. I get the opportunity also to lead our Feed My Starving Children Fargo Pack team, and I've been on staff here uh, for just about 10 years, a little over 10 years, and as I slowly work my way through seminary as well, I have the opportunity to share a message with you once in a while, so I'm very glad to be here with you this morning and to share this message on the 23rd Psalm as we transition between our sermon series called Forgive on Forgiveness that we just finished and prepare next week on Rally Sunday to start a new sermon series called Level Up, where we learn how God helps us power up every day and how we can follow him better. But this morning, as I was thinking about this message on the 23rd Psalm, and it made me remember something about my growing up years. And the passage, really a new word in it jumped out to me. We've all known the 23rd Psalm very well, right? But as I was reading it and thinking about how it would help prepare us for level up coming up, I saw the verse, prepares a table before me. And it made me think about my grandmother's table growing up. And at that table, we would come as a whole family in the old yellow farmhouse, right? And we would come around. It would be me and my four siblings, my parents, my grandmother preparing amazing meals from the garden, particularly at this time of year, usually some kind of meat that we had raised ourselves on the farm. Often my aunt and uncle would be there, and any other extended family that would show up would all gather around, cram around that little kitchen table. And we would enjoy each other's company. I remember even as a child, the conversations around that table. Maybe some of you have had that yourselves. Maybe you had it in your own family. That camaraderie, that family, that feeling of being secure around that table. And as I was growing up as the oldest grandchild on that side of the family, I did so many other things around that table. 4-H projects, peeling apples for pies, preparing things to be preserved, and just sitting in my grandmother's presence, who was such a huge, huge person in my life. And it made me wonder about all the other tables that we have in our lives, how many times we gather around tables. Maybe it's a boardroom or a meeting room at your business or the organization or a cause that you are excited about and you have an opportunity to be on that board. Maybe it's around a table in a coffee shop where you meet with your friends and your family to enjoy a cup of coffee and conversation. That happens right here in our building down the hallway during coffee after service. Maybe it happens around a work table. Maybe it is in your job where what you do is build things and create things every day in your work. Maybe it is around your school table, whether you are a teacher or you are a child, and that is where you learn every day. Those tables mean a lot in our lives. And sometimes we think we make those decisions around those tables. But how does God prepare the table for us? So like I said, there was one verse in this passage from Psalm 23 that really jumped out to me, and that's verse 5. And today we're going to focus a little more on that, but we're going to talk about the whole psalm. It says, verse 5, and if you have your Bibles, I encourage you to keep them out and follow along with Psalm 23. 
But verse 5 says, You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. So, Psalm 23, 5. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. Who prepares the table? You is our Lord and Savior. He is the one that prepares the table. But how did King David describe our Lord who prepares that table? Well, we said it was the Lord. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. That's how we know this psalm, right? Psalm 23, the Lord is my shepherd. And King David, who we remember was also a shepherd boy, knew exactly what he was doing when he was describing our Lord and Savior as a shepherd. He knew what being a shepherd meant. He knew that a shepherd would do anything for their sheep, that they would go to any lengths to save them, to find them, to protect them. That was their job. They stayed constantly with the flock. And sometimes we see this, and we see these words, and it says, I shall not want. And we think, oh, that means I'm not ever going to want anything. I'm going to have everything my heart desires. The Lord says, he's my shepherd, and I shall not want. Well, in the Hebrew, want maybe doesn't mean what we think it means. It means we shall not lack. So the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not lack. Does that change it a little? Even though our Lord and Savior may want us to have our heart's desire, he always makes sure that we do not lack, that we have what we need for each day. I shall not lack. Scripture goes on. He makes me lie down in green pastures. Lush green pastures, again, brings back images of my childhood growing up on that farm. And so I know what a lush green pasture is. But for, to describe it for those that maybe didn't grow up in that type of situation, cattle and sheep and animals look for lush green pasture, not only to eat, but to lay down in. And I want you to think of an image this way. It isn't that he makes you lie down. Think of your precious children or grandchildren, or if you don't have any of your own, look around in your life how people care for their precious children. And do they just make them lie down or do they often prepare a restful, calm bed for them and gently lay that infant down for its much-needed rest? Our Lord and Savior helps us lay down in lush green pastures. See how he's describing him as a shepherd and how he might prepare our table? It goes on. He leads me beside still waters. Again, David describing our Lord and Savior as someone who leads us beside still waters. And again, this is still a shepherd and an agrarian agrarian reference. Why would you lead them beside still waters? Why would that matter? That sounds great to us, right? I want to go to the ocean, calm, cool, still waters by the beach. That sounds fun, right? But it was important for the sheep to be able to come to a still, calm, watering place so that they could go up to it and drink and not be in danger 
of an animal killing them or not be in danger of the rushing water washing them away. Our Lord and Savior brings us to a place of calm and rest so that we can be replenished with his living water. Scripture goes on. He restores my soul. Hmm. Our soul. Now, back then, there was maybe a little confusion about what restore our souls meant. Some people took that kind of a crazy way. But we know that God is the restorer of our soul. The peace, the joy, the replenishing of our hearts and our bodies and our minds. He restores it. And he leads me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Our shepherd restores our soul, leads us in paths of righteousness for him. A shepherd would lead you down the right path, would take the sheep down the easy path, keep them out of the rocky areas, away from the animals, away from things that would hurt them, maybe even kill them, maybe even bring them death. Our Lord and Savior, our shepherd, leads us on the right path. And even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, valley of the shadow of death, now here is the part why we often use this scripture at funerals, right? Where we've maybe often heard this, or heard this used when someone is sick, when they're going through a hard time. But what does the valley of the shadow of death mean? Again, words that in today's mind, in today's English, maybe doesn't always capture what was being expressed. So think again about that shepherd and leading the sheep and through the valley of the shadow of death. When it's dark and it's night, There's no light pollution like we have now. And what if there was no moon, right? Can you know how dark that is? If you've ever been camping somewhere where there were no street lights, no other lights, and it's a night without a moon, how very dark that could be. And the shepherd leads us through that. So how does God lead us through our darkness? I was reading as I was preparing that this level of darkness, the deep dark of night, was like you couldn't even see your foot or your hand in front of your face. So when we can't see to take our next step, who takes it for us? Our shepherd, our savior. He brings us through the deepest, darkest valleys. Maybe it's a dark valley in our mind. Maybe it's a path we're walking in life with health or work or family. But even when we can't see our next step for our own fear and anxiety, he walks us through the valley. And because of that, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. So what is evil? Sometimes evil is that darkness, right? It might be because of our own sinful self, our own sinful wants leading us down that dark path. Or it might be the evil one whispering and distracting us away from the path that the Lord wants us to walk. But he causes us to fear no evil, 
for you are with me. Our Lord and Savior, our shepherd is ever with us and we do not need to fear that evil. Even though it is very real, our shepherd protects us. And how does he do that? His rod and your staff, they comfort me. Again, descriptions related to this shepherd. What's a rod and a staff? And again, in today's English, some people see that and they get very confused about what that means, right? We confuse it with spare the rod and spoil the child and all of these things, right? But when we are in this scripture, it is talking about the rod and the staff of a shepherd. The rod that kept the danger at bay from his precious sheep. And a staff with a crook that carried them back, kept them away from the edge of the cliff, from falling over, gently guided them. These tools of the shepherd, these loving ways that he leads us and keeps us on the path and keeps us loving, comfort us. I don't know, growing up on a farm, did I always think all of the rod and staff were comforting when we were dealing with the animals? I don't know about you. Sometimes it still doesn't bring the kind of thought we want. But in this case, when those shepherds were with those sheep all the time, and that was their responsibility, that rod and staff are comforting. And so, you can see why King David described our Lord as a shepherd, caring with us in the darkness, keeping us on the right path, using his tools to keep us safe, leading us into a green pasture and cool water and providing for us, which leads up to a table. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. There's so many tables that we get to be at. Right? We have the opportunity to be together at board tables here as we plan and move forward. Those tables with our families. This table. The Lord's table where he promises to be. Where Jesus, our Lord and Savior himself, went to be the sacrificial lamb so that no longer... Were we dead in our sin, but we were saved through his sacrifice so that we get to come. Before he died, he sat with his disciples around a table and said, this is my body and this is my blood. Do this in remembrance of me. We get the opportunity to come there and lay down the things that might cause us to be in the presence of our enemies. Things like our own desires, our own doubts, our own fears, our own desires of the flesh, the whispers of the devil that lead us astray sometimes, that cause us to doubt, you're not good enough for that job, you're not strong enough in your family, you should go back to that bottle whatever it may be, that it is distracting us and keeping us away from him. Our Lord still prepares a lush table before us, a table that reminds us of his saving grace, 
in that bread and that wine and his body and blood. He is prepared even in our enemies. And every time we come to this table, we are reminded that he washes us clean, freely given from his grace, nothing we can do to earn it. We just come to that table that he has laid out lushly. And again, in the, when I was reading, preparing for this, reading about this verse, it was described that this was a lush six-course meal prepared at a beautiful table for you. It isn't just the little lunch at our table at our home. This is our Lord and Savior preparing a table before us, even in the presence of all of those enemies. That if we but trust in him, if we but look to him, we are protected like our shepherd does every time. And so the psalm continues, you anoint my head with oil, my cup overflows, surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Not only does he prepare this beautiful table where we can come and find him and seek the peace and the solace that comes from him, but he anoints our head with oil so and our cup is overflowing. He blesses us on our heads when we don't deserve it. And surely his goodness and mercy shall follow me. And it's not just follow, it is come after me chase you down, a shepherd would go to find them if they were lost, right? We know the parable in the New Testament of Jesus finding the one, leaving the 99 sheep and going to find the one. That is what a shepherd does. So he will make sure that his goodness and mercy follows us all the days of our lives not just follows, it is not passive, it is active. He seeks us. He went to the cross for us, grace-filled, nothing we can do to earn it, nothing we have to do to earn it. But we get to come to his table. And so, I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Dwell. was another word that jumped out when I was preparing. And I wondered, what really is that word in Hebrew? What does it really mean? Sometimes I'm a little bit of a geek about the words, okay? So bear with me. Yahaf in Hebrew. And fun fact, it's used over a thousand times in the Bible. Hmm. Dwell. Maybe God was making a point. So what does it mean to dwell, remain, sit, abide, stay, live, inhabit, settle? What do we do at tables? We sit. When we come to his table, we walk through and we pause and we joyfully take the bread and the wine. But at so many tables, We sit, and just like at my grandmother's table, you want to dwell there. You want to live there. We should want to dwell and live and inhabit it and settle at the Lord's table. For it is good. It is overflowing with lavish 
goodness and mercy. We do not have to walk in our valley of the shadow of death. For he prepares a table before us to dwell, remain, and sit. So we get to dwell and sit at that table that, prepare, that he prepared, our Lord, our shepherd, prepared for us. So today, we get to come to the Lord's table and commune together. But we also have an opportunity coming up. I've had this privilege to be part of Feed My Starving Children for 10 years. And as I was preparing, it made me remember that just about 10 years ago, right around this time of year, many of you were hearing about what Feed My Starving Children was for the very first time. And little did we know, as a congregation, when we said yes to packing meals here in the gym for one day, many people had no idea. We didn't know what we were doing. We didn't even know how to set up the room. How God would continue to prepare that table for us and what path he would lead us down. A path to provide now 10 million meals. A path that up to this point has provided almost 8 million. And now coming up this January, in 10 days, at the Fargo Dome, we're going to pack 10 million. And you have been a foundation for that. You have been our prayer warriors for that. You have invited others to that table to the peace that comes at that table. If you've ever been there and packed, you know the joy that comes with it. We dance and we sing, and it's so much fun in two hours. So we're going to need your help again this year. In fact, we're going to need the help of over 50,000 people. So we need you to invite others to the peace that is the table of the Lord, where all are welcome. You can invite them here to this table, the Lord's table, but you can invite them to gather around an FMSC table. And you can invite others to pray with you. And you can invite others to make sure that we can provide the meals and this joy that comes from the Lord, our shepherd, by giving so that we can pay for those meals. They only cost 29 cents. But 10 million adds up to 2.9. And we're very excited that we have raised almost 900,000 so far. Yay, God. That's triple what we've ever raised in our community before. But we've got two million to go. So we need your help. We need your help to help us follow him, to come to his table. Whether you're able to give, whether you're able to pray, whether you're able to volunteer, would you help us invite others to that table? For we know that there are ways and many in our community and in the entire Red River Valley that can help us reach that. But we get to come together to his table, where all are welcome. I just had the privilege, along with several others of us from the congregation, to go to the Twin Cities for two days of a FMSC Mobile Pack Leader Summit. And while we were there, you may be interested to know that we heard from a group called Venture, an FMSC partner, where together the work that we're doing, that you're doing to support, impacts them greatly. The food that they receive, they use in Southeast Asia. They go to places like Thailand and Myanmar. Myanmar, which has had the longest running 
civil war that we don't even know about and hear about. They serve in other places that they don't even name, so use your imagination. But this food is a way to desperately provide something the way our Savior provides it, the cool, calm waters and the lush green pasture provides hope to them when they have been bombed out of their homes and driven into the jungle in fear and they don't know where their next meal is and most of these people don't even know that God loves them. The only thing many of them have ever learned about God is that he is to be feared. Their God often is something to be feared. But providing this food allows an opportunity for venture to share the gospel. To share that God loves you is providing this food through these people that love you. And we want you to know that he is your good shepherd that prepares a table before you, literally in the presence of your enemies. Friends, we have an opportunity to share that, to invite others to participate, to invite others to come and know and be at his table. Would you join me in that? Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we give you thanks. Thanks that you are our good shepherd, that you lead us beside still waters, that you prepare a table in the presence of our enemies so that we may dwell with you. Remind us to always sit with you, to know that you are with us no matter what table we are at. We give you thanks in Jesus' precious name. Amen.